This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Justin. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you? Good to be here, man. Very good. I'm doing great. Yeah. Now, what I, what I love about this is that you have an awesome mic, and I can't tell enough uh, business owners, you got to invest in one, at least a headset. Like I've got on, it's just easier and more portable, but you got to at least have some kind of mic if you're going to be on the circuit. <laughs> I, I, uh, I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. And we got, I got the Roadcaster Pro set up, but just buy the whole bundle. It's not that expensive. And it comes with the two mics, the whole setup, everything that you need. And it's, it's easy enough to set up. Man, I, I just love that because somebody needs to hear that. Somebody right now who's yeah, listening yeah. needs to hear that. But that, that's that's besides the point. How we get the show started is usually by asking, uh, Justin, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? I don't actually. Uh, I mean, I actually come from a Southern Baptist preacher was my dad. So I grew up PK's kid. I was the the last of four. So I grew up uh, going to church like eight days a week. So oh, wow. that, yeah, that was my story. My mom was a Bible teacher um, at the private school that I went to. So I actually have a, a little bit different of an origin story. I do have entrepreneurship in my family. My aunt owned a travel agency for years. My uncle owned what was the largest lumber company in the in West Kentucky before Lowe's and 84 Lumber and, and those of the world came in and changed the game. But I got it in my family, but direct in types of in terms of modeling. Not, not so much. My, my dad was a, a pastor my whole life growing up. Well, I think, I think that's also important just because in order to be any kind of leader, you do have to have a certain vision and a certain faith in what you're doing and, and not, and, and, and not falling to the questioning of it. So there, there are, the reason I love asking that is because it, 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 you just never know where someone comes from. And oh, it's yeah, always sure. an interesting answer. And sure enough, case in point, what a fascinating answer. Now let's tie that over to the choices you did make professionally, because you and I have a similar expertise background with marketing and strategy and things of that nature, mm -hmm. but you chose to go in healthcare. Now, how did that come about? So I, I was actually a, a collegiate athlete. So I really didn't know I always wanted to take the entrepreneurial course. Wow. Uh, uh, when I got out of school, I didn't know at what point and, and where the journey would take me. And and in terms of my origin story and how we started our agency, uh, I, it was actually my now wife uh, and I started dating and I was working for an early stage investing group um, out of Orlando. And she started to kind of do some moonlight CEO work for a, a fully vested company that we had in our portfolio out of Atlanta in healthcare. And when her and I started dating, she was really the one that presented me because I had been doing a lot of like building websites, branding, social media, just to get a lot of our <laughs> profile or our portfolio companies off the ground. So I had dipped my toes in it, but she's like, you know, you can make money like posting for practices and, and companies on social media. And it was like, Pow! I didn't even realize that this was well over 10 years ago. And 
she actually was the one that was in healthcare. She had a large healthcare network. She had started working for what became the largest ENT group in the Southeast and had opened up seven locations for them, built the referral networks around them. And it was, we were really fortunate. I was trying to get a job up there really in the VC space, which was not what it is today in Atlanta. And it shut me out. Um, I mean, thank God that it did because I had to look elsewhere and try to get a job. And our mentor actually, who was her, who was the president of the infectious disease group there. And one of her dad's really close friends kind of set us down and, and I wanted to start something because I had had experience starting up businesses. It's like, well, if you're going to do it and you're going to market, choose a niche. And and I would recommend that you choose a niche that you already have a network in. And, and that was Kelly's. And so we jumped both feet. And 10 years ago, the whole ecosystem looked totally different. It's much more saturated than it was before. And we just were fortunate enough to not only choose a niche um, that Kelly had a long-standing history, not only in her family, but her work history. But I'm so glad that we did because it's been very recession-proof, COVID-proof, working just for surgical practices because unfortunately people get sick or they break things. And I mean, healthcare rolls on no matter what. But that's really why is it was guidance from a mentor a long time ago. And and I struggled with it for a while, feeling like we were leaving so much business on the table because, you know, you have like the the lawn care guy down the road when you're like really struggling to pinch pennies. And we cut our internet and our cable for a year and I was working at Starbucks. And I'm like, can I really say no to a few hundred bucks for this lawn care guy? Because I know I can get him busy too, but can't take your eye off the prize if you make that decision because the riches are in the niches if that's the decision that you make. But that's how we ended up there. Oh man, what I love about your story so much is the resistance factor, right? So many, so many people are like, that doesn't agree with who I believe I am. Yeah. How am I supposed to say yes to that? I love that because it's, it's a rare opportunity to talk about something that happens to all of us so often. Yeah. And we'd rather not talk about it. (laughs) It was a struggle. And you could ask my wife, she, she saw the struggle while I was sitting at the the kitchen table and we were barely making any money. Um, And it, was a hard lesson for me to learn that cost us a lot of money and cost me a substantial amount of time by not saying no to the wrong people and staying super focused in what we said we set out to do, but taking side hustles um, in terms of working with other verticals and that stuff. And none of it at the end of the day ever got us a step closer to being a leader in the healthcare space. None of it really ended up making us that much more money than the next niche client that we can charge more as a specialist would have. All it did was distract me and just waste time ultimately. And I can tell that's a hard lesson because it took me years and years and years to learn that it feels right at the time. But if you can really step back and do those kind of a self-evaluation, it's I can guarantee you it's it's other than licking your wounds and learning the hard way, there's not going to be much that's going to advance what you're trying to do. No, it's so important. I mean, you said it yourself. Thank goodness that the funding you were looking for is being part of that community or that, you know, that ecosystem didn't work out. And yet you were like, well, then I guess I got to go this route. And even though you did it grudgingly, you found out, wow, I died. Because 
the opposite. There's no telling how long that would have lasted, what that would have occurred, you know, what that would have done to your business, uh, your point of view on business. But now you have such a unique perspective on the landscape of business and what it really means. You, you get to be on the other side and say, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's what most people are going after. That's why this works so well. <laughs> you know, and, and you're uniquely positioned to say that. Uh, and we're speaking in generalities, but it's like you said, the riches are in the niches and, and mm-hmm. you found out even when you didn't want to find out. So what finally, what finally made the decision? Was it just, you were like, I have no other choice. It was, I think, and it, I, I think there's always those moments in time. And I think a lot of people probably have a similar moment. Uh, for me, it was finding out about the, that we were going to have our first kid and ah. finding out that our, and we, we happened to find out the week of the national shutdown. And so it was, there was so much swirling chaos around like what is going to happen with the U S economy, what's going to happen just with our business alone. So it was scary enough to have all that swirling around. And then you have the realization of like, we wanted to relocate back to Orlando. We've got a kid. It's my, my responsibility to, 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 create a solid foundation yeah. for them and and to get off the hamster wheel we had been on a long time of like trying to start hiring employees trying to start building the business and so several years ago and I just sat down and and there was a big inflection point for me of like if if we don't change something then I don't know if I want to continue to try to go to, to this tough sledding and and it's because it's tough out there as you know as a as an entrepreneur that's the janitor all the way to the CEO of a one or two person company. And for me, that was the wake up of I've got, I'd either need to go all in and make a decision that we're going to build the business and and be who we say we are, or I need to get out of my own way and just go be a CMO for an organization or something. And that changed the whole trajectory for me. And three years later, we're five times bigger. Um, We're we have uh, tons of employees. We are given in, uh, health insurance to those employees. Like everything is totally different. And that, but that was the inflection point moment. It was March of 2020. So closing in on three years ago, that really changed for me. Ah, brother. Thank you so much for sharing that because there's somebody on the other side listening at some point right now as they're listening to this episode that is on the fence about something and they need to know. It, it's funny. We, Sometimes the decisions we make only happen because we feel like we must, right? Yep. There's just no other. But as long as we believe we have the option and oh, think about it, for, especially for people who are creative, that's where that's where I feel like the challenge lives is in or the indecision lives is really with the, uh, I guess I got the options. But the minute you saw, I, I need to make a serious decision. And that's that no looking back because it's that kind of moment, that kind of day. There's so much power to that. And and I, I'm trying to figure out if there's ever going to be a way to tap into that without having such dire consequences yeah. face us, right? <laughs> and I think, and uh, you hear it all the time, uh, and I think in, in personal journey stories, but it, it was true for me too. I think for a long, long time, uh, fear of failure held me back too, is like, if I really put all of my marketing chips on the table, who I say I am the growth stuff that I do for clients and and I try to do it for us as as an organization and fail at that, what is what's going to happen there from the standpoint of can I grow like I grow our clients? And that I think held me back for a long time because it's kind of like the cobbler's kids have no shoes is like, well, yeah. it's easy to ignore your content development journey, your paid ads journey, your funnel development journey, um, all the social growth journey, all the components that it's easy to do for a client, you can ignore for yourself because 
it puts you directly staring at yourself in the mirror and is like, all right, time to put my money where my mouth is. And I think that held me back for a little while too, because we were growing and we were growing organically um, at a decent pace, but to really get where we needed to, I had to be willing to stop distracting myself um, with uh, busy admin work on the client level and plug people in place to do that and 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 square up and say, it's time to build the business as, a, as an owner salesman. And I, that there's, a, I think, an inherent fear there too, because a fear of failure there almost feels like it legitimizes you as a marketer for your clients kind of thing, is at least how I felt. No, it's funny. I want to, I want to talk with you after the call because there's a, <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot that I resonate with. Uh, but for the, for the purposes of this conversation here, man, uh, so we understand your journey and you've got this origin and this background in faith and man, you know, growing up in that eight days a week and you've got people in your family who have shown you that you can own businesses. You go into it yourself, trying to start your own uh, ups and downs. You know, you're trying to step into the industry itself and do mm-hmm. all the things you're supposed to do. And you meet lots of resistance, not just from external but internally, you even take a stint at Starbucks and man, I know what that's like. I really do at a personal <laughs> level. Yep. And now you find this incredible success and things are going well. And during one of the toughest times in literally the history of all businesses, I mean, we don't have to look very far to see how many shut down, closed down, even still now are impacted permanently from what happened. Oh, yeah. Especially what's going on with the Fed rates and now the housing industry. It's a huge ripple effect that will continue to be felt for a couple more years, but I don't even think we're all the way there yet. Yeah, man. And here you are now helping specific people tell their specific story to specific people. And somehow there are still people out there thinking that general marketing and general anything is going to work. But it's like you said, the riches are in the niches and your your story is a perfect example of that. But also your work in the industry you chose and it, it is a clear example of how important it is to be specific about the stories that you're telling. So if I could, because it'd be a missed opportunity if I didn't, what would you say is the most valuable thing you've learned between the transition of where you were at with the fear of failure and the kind of content you were creating then versus now that you know this stuff works, how do you look at content now that you know and there's confidence behind it and you can put real faith behind stuff? I mean, content is key. I was fortunate enough, really, my my wife was ahead of me of really investing in it. And as a result, she has become one of the larger healthcare influencers on the LinkedIn platform in that vertical and, and watching her content journey. Um, content is just, it really is the, the center point, I think, of everything when it comes to building influence and, and building success from a business standpoint, at least in the spaces that we're in. Because if you look at you have like an orthopedic surgeon that is making a decision about an agency of choice. Just like if you're going out and you need, and you're having knee pain and you need a knee replacement, you're looking for a very specifically um, specialized, even orthopedic surgeon. It's the same thing on the agency side. Um, if you're developing content that really does speak to not only the pain points that a physician and a practice can feel when it goes to patient acquisition, but able, but able to talk about how we've generated 1,200 patients a month for an orthopedic urgent care practice. Totally different game changer than having a case study about how we sold a bunch of cars for an auto dealership. And I think being able to leverage content to share those types of stories to the audience that really is listening 
um, is really powerful. And that's really the the primary thing we invest in from. But I also think is being smart about content. I think people, A, the, the biggest detriment is they just simply never get started because they're not sure where to start. And you can't learn lessons if you're not doing it. And when we started our podcast three years ago, um, versus our, how we go about our podcast production process now is totally different. But when we started out, I was I taught myself how to do Audacity and how to do audio engineering because I didn't have a choice because we didn't have enough money to pay anybody else to do it. <laughs> so you just got to get going. But I promise you, if you get going and you figure out what medium works the best for you and you get some good people around you to help break that content down into tons of other pieces, so you're working smarter, not harder you'll find success over time. You'll, you'll learn, you'll learn the hard way, but I mean, I, those are the best lessons I think. Uh, no, 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 it's key. And, and I'm glad that you are a perfect and shining example of that. So if you could go back and just do one thing differently, knowing what you know now, what would that one thing be about content creation? I would be more deliberate about setting aside protected time to create it. Because that is, it, there's just always a, obviously a, a slide. There, every there's always going to be an excuse because it's easy to say I'm not going to do video today because there's a pressing sales thing or there's a fire for a client. If you're not deliberate about it, and I think like a Neil Patel had a, a lot of powerful stuff early on in his content journey, is if you don't stay a month or two ahead, so you can just focus on engagement and you're constantly chasing your content development journey. You're never going to catch up. You're never going to be consistent. And the people that have success and you look at them and it's like, why do they have so much success? It Baseline, it starts with consistency. It really does. Thank you for that. Because it's I, I, I'm in a similar space, mostly specifically with entrepreneurs. But now hearing your story, even I'm going, can I go deeper on that? Right? Like more specific because having that conversation and trying to convince someone that in order to be heard, you have to communicate is is a crazy concept but yet it has to be done half the time people think it's a nice to have instead of a must have and a noisy world you absolutely have to have the loudest megaphone you can but it has to also be pointed at the most specific people it possibly could be yeah and it's just your story is a perfect example that unexpected because i was hoping you know we would go in and you know we'd go into our own journey as well but it started turning in this direction just because of how clear of an example your work is for that right because uh, now we're talking about the the healthcare business as a whole and you've explained sort of how it's worked throughout uh, the the pandemic and the crisis that we've all experienced and yeah i mean it's been busier than ever and actually there's somebody i want to make sure i introduce you to post conversation that can go deeper on that with you but what i want to know is now like now that you have this experience and you're working specifically with these people uh, in a specific niche, like I said, I'm trying to keep it very like pointed in that direction. What is the next level? Now that you've got most people, they struggle. They're like, oh, if I could just get that, that would be the success. You're there. You did that. You understand content. You've got to understand content. You, you've, you've reached that. What comes after that in business for you? What do you, what do you have your sights set on now? Me is creating an even stickier relationship with the client side through SaaS-based software development. That's really where our journey is taking us next. The What makes, without getting too far in the weeds, what makes healthcare even more unique is how fractured the EHR and EMR, like electronic medical records and electronic healthcare records system is. 
and a lot of verticals and generalization, the customer journey from a marketing standpoint is very linear. Like you can get HubSpot and you can, the whole customer lifecycle can live inside of HubSpot from cross-channel marketing to um, cross-product marketing, all of that stuff. In healthcare, that's not it because you may have a CRM, but then a patient converts and they're going to go to a PM, a practice management system where they can get their text messaging and their appointment requests. But then ultimately where their journey takes place from a revenue and a condition and treatment all happens in the EHR. But there's 5,000 EHRs and even the top 10% of practices are probably using 75 different EHRs. So there is no linear journey. So figuring that out from an ROI and an ROAS standpoint on the ad side is the holy grail in healthcare. And it's constantly moving, even with Epic taking over a lot of the health system um, ecosystem. So that's where our my journey is really focused on is now that we have kind of proved value and proved concept to clients, how can we go further in to prove that value and extract it without spending too much time and too much money um, on the client side to make that happen? So that's kind of where where our journey is headed to next. Oh, man, that's big. You know, I I, uh, I had done a, a while back, I had done a couple of interviews on Entrepreneur Magazine with some people in healthcare. And, uh, and there was a, there was a founder of Dieta Health, I believe it is, who, um, had his own like issues with bowel movements and what have you. And mm-hmm. was trying to figure out where that was coming from. And the first challenge he came across when he, when he decided to create his own software solution was that all the records and all the data is so yeah. segmented. And he's like, how is anyone supposed to create any real solutions when we don't have the whole story in any one singular place? And even and and healthcare is always three to five years behind. Even now, there's a there's a federal mandate by 2025 that all of these platforms have to have what where they're calling Fire API protocol to try to create some unification. And even that, from everybody that I'm hearing, is is just not going to work either. So it's like, I mean, how can you really? Yeah. What they want to do in healthcare when even from a patient journey standpoint, you can't even your health, your health records, my health records are in 80 different places. Yeah, Yeah. no, this, this is, well, that's, it's interesting because I remember um, I had had a surgery, I want to say maybe six months back, Uh, not fun, but I remember being able to transfer the records for the first time as I was looking through the health app on my iPhone, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I can bring them all in here. Right. Uh, But even then there's probably records some like from when I was a kid and like, where are those? Right. I don't have them. That's for sure. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Even when you go into whether it's a specialty or a new PCP, they're seeing a fraction of the picture, pretty much just what you're filling out on that intake form about your family history and your right? history. And it's not like the doctor's <laughs> sitting down and he's got your 34 for my my 34 year history of my whole journey and all the stuff that I've gone through. It's like, it's pretty much, he's got five minutes to have a conversation with you to try to get a sliver of information about your health history and then make a diagnosis from that point. Imagine any other industry operating and demanding a premium payment. I know. On that kind of information, yeah, that'd be like that'd be like me helping you make critical decisions for your business based off this podcast conversation alone. Yeah, it's like we'll just <laughs> fill out a one sheeter, and then I'll, I'm going to give you a bunch of multi million dollar business decision advice. <laughs> like, and, and there's a yeah. whole industry operating like that, and that's what that's there what is. we're talking about. It's for, crazy to me, man. Life and death stakes. <laughs> oh man, listen, uh, I, I feel like we could 
take this journey on forever. And and I just want to I just want to take a quick break if you if you don't mind. I want to give a shout out to somebody that's making this conversation possible, and uh, that's a company by the name of Sharing the Credit, which is actually a pretty interesting company, uh, by run by Will Black. Essentially, what most people don't know is that when well, what people do know is when you swipe your card, there's a fee that's automatically charged for processing, if you will. And that goes to the banks that are running that that charge and that process. There is a legality that allows you to actually transfer that over to a nonprofit of your choice. And most people don't know that you can do that so that you can essentially double the impact your business is making simply by changing how you're doing that. And if it sounds like it's going to be a pain in the in the rear to reorganize your whole processing thing, don't worry about that. They take care of everything for you. If this is really something that you're interested in doing, it is possible. Sharing the credit has figured out all the kinks for you. All you have to do is say you want to do that and let them know that you learned about it on the show by going to sharingthecredit.com and they'll take care of you. At the same time, what I'd like to turn over now, Justin, is People have heard what you're talking about. And if anybody is in any adjacent industry to healthcare or just wants to understand more about content and marketing, which you clearly excel at, where can they get a hold of you and get in touch with you? Absolutely. LinkedIn. I'm really active on LinkedIn. My, my name is Justin Knott, K-N-O-T-T. So definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to network. Um, if you are in the healthcare space, uh, our agency is Entropy Healthcare Marketing and it's Entropy, I-N-T-R-E-P-Y.com. And our specialty is patient acquisition and patient retention for multi-location surgical groups. So if you're looking into 2023 and you want to you want to scale your patient volume for particular um, high revenue or um, just treatments that you're really passionate about. That's what we do. And we're uh, here to help. So uh, come to entropy.com or check me out on LinkedIn. Oh man. Brilliant. Even the way you explained what you do shows the power behind how important it is to be clear on who you're serving. Appreciate and, that. And I just want anybody who's listening, cause they're all business owners to really take that to heart. I wouldn't highlight it. Otherwise it's super important. You did what 90% of people refuse to do. And I know I don't need to tell you because you started off in the, in the content game in general and general is literally the death of you. So <laughs> I, for yeah. me, I, that's what makes me so excited about even having the chance to talk with you because uh, while I know plenty of people and, and I plan to make as many introductions as I can now that I know that what you're doing, I, I think it's super important to highlight this for business owners, the the power of what you did and how it clearly changed the direction that your life was going in. I, I couldn't have asked for a better example of that, man. And I can't thank you enough for making that decision that brought you here to be able to impart that clarity of purpose to someone who's listening on the other end and to myself as well. And it, it legitimately means that. a Taking the time to ask those questions too. Uh, And I'll leave with one, I think, uh, piggyback thought off the niche thing. I had a mentor tell me this and it was profound for me. I think making the the switch to really focus is if you... If you're trying to fish and and you need a fish to eat um, in terms of this being a sale for your business or just business growth, if you show up to the ocean, it's hard to guarantee you'll get a fish. If you show up to a super small pond stocked with fish, there's about a 95% chance you're going to pull a fish out. And if you're that focused in a niche and you know who you're talking to and you know where the fish are, it's going to be easy to pull one out. When you go show up to an ocean as a generalist, there's a very slim chance that you're just going to happen to have a fish swimming by and you have the right bait and you get them hooked. 
Oh, man, you couldn't have made it any easier. There's no excuse now. If someone listened to this and they heard that and they still don't do it, and I just want to reiterate, the most important thing you would you would have done differently is setting aside a specific protected time. Yes. So sure. important. So important. I, even, even I myself am guilty of doing that for clients and never doing it for myself. So I, I need to I still that. struggle with it. I literally <laughs> sat down with my COO for our operations meeting yesterday and she had to do more time blocking so I could be even more deliberate twice a month to get more content knocked out. So it's, it's a constant journey and people are always constantly trying to grab your time, but you got to protect some of it when it comes to content. So much respect, man. So much respect. Appreciate that. Uh, listen, that yeah, before before we go, there's just a fun question we love asking everybody. It's a tradition around here. And that is, if you could have invited anybody, Justin, to the show today, who would you have loved to have had here and why them? And I mean, anybody. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would have to say my dad. Uh, reason being is I, uh, not only obviously he's, he's my dad, but I think he's one of the most learned and most well-respected um, people when it comes to the art of leadership. And that is such a key as an entrepreneur to growing a business, especially as you get people under you is to be uh, being a, becoming a leader worth following and the humility involved in that. And I've seen my dad lead and practice by example, by literally reading a book a week for 40 straight years and writing his own books uh, on leadership and, and, and watching him speak to, to multi hundred million dollar and billion dollar companies and, and teaching those C-suite people a thing or two about leadership. And so that's what I would say is because, I mean, being a great leader and creating that impact and that legacy and the company culture is just so critical. So that's what I would say. Powerful stuff, man. Seriously, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself on leadership. That That is that is it. And yeah, you have like the ultimate example of what it means to be yeah, like a I'm servant to people like in, 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 in service of leadership and helping them get somewhere. Ah, oh, man. Thank you so much, Justin. It, it's been a pleasure and honor. And I, I learned something from you today and, and that doesn't always happen. And I'm glad that it did. Uh, you're pushing me to be better, man. Uh, I can't wait for people to listen to this. Uh, it's going to be an awesome episode. So yeah, thank you for stopping by, man. Thank you so much for having me, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.